1: It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin.
0: RW Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today.
1: Clues, underwear drawers, It's all got to go now.
0: Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows Me <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, Me Undies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me Activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundiescom roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome, Welcome to the Game of Roses.
2: This is the game, roses. the game of Roses.
0: Welcome to the Game of Roses. I
2: realize that I am normally being dramatic, but... You were going to give her a rose even though she was engaged last week. Meanwhile, I fucked someone a few months ago and I got sent home. Okay, no, it's cool. No, I get it. I get it. I get what we're made of here. I get the stuff that's happening. And go fuck yourself, Clayton Eckert.
1: Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case
0: this is bachelor clues and today is friday it's the end of the week which means we're bringing you this week in bachelor nation we're going to go through all the news that has happened this week we're going to go through all of the gains of some of the players from clayton eckard's current season 26 which is airing we're going to give you some screams from the pit we're going to talk about the parasocial plays we're going to do everything we always do on this week in bachelor nation but before we get to any of that, we do have some of that sweet, sweet business to get to, which is the official release date of How to Win the Bachelor is now January 25th. It was the 18th. It's now the 25th because of supply chain issues. And that's not necessarily a bad thing for some people because I I guess because of the supply chain issues, some people already have the book. It is already in their hands. Pace Case and I do not yet have the actual hard copies of the books, the hardcover, dust-jacketed, beautiful, pristine, illustrated copies of our books, but many people do. I'm getting DMs every day that people who pre-ordered are in some cases having the book show up at their front doors. I'm seeing pictures of it.
1: I can't wait. Can't wait till that's me.
0: (laughs) It's same. I'm in the same boat as you there. So the news we have to bring you is if you want to pre-order the book, you might be able to pre-order it today and have it tomorrow. We have no idea when you're going to get the book. The 25th would be the last possible day, but...
1: Who knows? I would definitely pre-order it as early as possible to try to get it right on that day or soon after.
0: Yeah. And it helps us as well. We've mentioned several times that we're really trying to hit that New York Times bestseller list, and all the pre-orders help in that because the first week of sales which all pre-orders get applied to, is really what that uh, number is based off. So if you do want to pre-order it and maybe get it tomorrow, you go to howtowinthebachelor.com and you're also going to see that we have a bunch of contests there. You can win an autographed copy of the book. You can win a personalized one-hour Zoom with Pace Case and I. You can win a contraband T-shirt with something on it that can never be seen by human eyes. You can win (laughs) a very special prize of which there is only one. And let's just say it is tinged with darkness. I will leave that there. That is correct.
1: That's all your clue. Clue.
0: That's right. But it should be noted that this book is more than just a book. It is more than just the labor of the last two years of Pace, Case, and I, the fruits of the hyper binge, of everything we've talked about on this show. It is now a guide that has been put into practice in the current season of The Bachelor. There are players who have been coached. (sighs) These players were coached using... Everything we wrote in this book, these strategies using these metrics, these statistical categories, the likelihoods, the outcomes, the structure of the game, all of that has been applied specifically to certain players' play styles, to certain players' identities. And we are now seeing, for the first time in the history of the game, a season that has real trained players in it. That's happening now. And so, if you want to know how the game is changing as a result of that, this book is instrumental. And being able to understand that, it's going to give you a much cleaner understanding of what the game is, how it's played, and you're going to see some things, I believe, from this book that you're going to be like, oh, shit, that's the book. It's right there in the document.
1: Yeah, maybe you'll be able to figure out when you read the book, oh, this is who is coached.
0: <laughs> no. If I've done anything correctly, you'll never be able to figure that out, but you can have fun <laughs> trying. and. Uh, you know, we, we hope that you enjoy the book too. It's a fun read. It definitely is as much about Pace Case and I descending into the bottom of the pit and going through the hyper binge, kind of what mm-hmm. was happening to us psychologically as we engaged in this endeavor. It's as much about that as it is about the game and the structure and all of that too. So we hope that it's an entertaining and funny read as well, but there's a lot of hardcore data in it as well. You'll get like charts of, all the different two-on-ones that have ever occurred, who won them, what their final placement was that season, all the different one-on-ones, group dates, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
1: It will definitely revolutionize the way that you see the game. And we even have a scorecard at the end of it that you can use to accompany your viewing patterns and keep track of all the major plays and stats as you go along with the show as it's airing.
0: And of course we still have our sweatshirt, which you can pick up at Etsy.com slash shopslash game of roses that has a beautiful design by Ella Tolkien. It is a design of Pace Case and myself sitting in the bottom of the pit surrounded by <laughs> all of our terminologies and goats and Neil Lane demons and all kinds of like crazy shit in this image. So you can still get that.
1: It is so cozy. I've been wearing it every day.
0: Uh, I have not been, but I'm glad that you have been, (laughs) I suppose. And then we also have something we're very excited about. Right now we have some jewelry. It's a collab that we did with Vera Meat. You can see all of her stuff at Vera Meat on Instagram. And just go to VeraMeat.com. You can find our Game of Roses collection there. We have rings. We have necklaces that all have uh, words that are germane to what we talk about. 4TRR, Weirdo, Cringe, 4TWR, Gore.
1: Villain, Bachelor. So get that around your necks and your fingies.
0: Yes, get them on your fingies, please. And now that we have completed all of our business.
1: Damn, that's a lot of business.
0: It's always a lot of business over here at Gore. But now we're going to move on to the first segment of this week in Bachelor Nation. This is, of course, Game Game of Roses. Roses. So we always in this segment talk about something that is happening in the news, in pop culture, in whatever, out there in the world outside of The Bachelor. And then we bring it back to The Bachelor. So right now, the number one movie on the largest streaming platform in the world, that's Netflix, is this movie Don't Look Up. It's an Adam McKay movie. He did all the Anchorman movies, but he's since moved into A more serious kind of movie he's getting oscar nominations for like the big short he did that movie and so this movie is about scientists who discover a meteor is going to crash into the earth and wipe out humanity and they are attempting to get the human populace to take this seriously uh and (laughs) culture at this point as it is now this is like a reflection of actual media culture it's laden with celebrity worship corrupt politicians greedy billionaires All of these people are kind of standing in the way of just what is clear science, that if we don't do something about this asteroid, we're all going to die. This is a metaphor for climate change in contemporary society. And we're going to play a clip from Meryl Streep real quick, who plays a Republican president in that movie. And this is her at a press event talking about how even she falls victim to the impulse to go straight from reading about whatever is serious in the news, climate change or anything else. To going straight to reality TV and just like numbing her mind.
1: And it should be noted that this is the real Meryl Streep and not Greg Grippo.
0: <laughs> okay, so here we go. Here's this Meryl Streep clip.
2: Happening right now. And what do I do? I go in and watch uh, Housewives of Beverly
1: Hills. I do that. So we we do this. We you know, I know I'm reading everything about the climate. There is a I, first of all, I love this clip. It warmed my heart, you know, as a huge Housewives fan. I'm like, even, you know, this emblem of, like, sophisticated culture, Meryl Streep is into Housewives. And there is... I personally in, loved the movie. I really enjoyed it. I know there's yeah, I a did huge too. amount of debate on uh, Twitter about the movie, and Adam McKay himself wrote a tweet that says. Loving all the heated debate about our movie, but if you don't have at least a small ember of anxiety about the climate collapsing or the U.S. teetering, I'm not sure Don't Look Up makes any sense.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Which I thought was funny. I agree. I think that there are ideas in this movie that are beyond just, you know, are we giving into climate change? Are we ignoring it? There are ideas of celebrity versus science. What is more important? And even now, as we're seeing with like Fauci, for example, Mm -hmm. he's a scientist. He's a doctor. He's also a celebrity. Yeah. And if you don't have that level of celebrity, even if you have the information, the raw data, the science, that does not matter you must have some level of celebrity in order to convey that information. And then what happens, I mean, in the movie, DiCaprio is kind of that character. And it's like, he starts to get enamored with the celebrity and the science becomes less important to him. And so that is something that's interesting as well. As you accrue celebrity, Instagram followers, whatever form it may take, does the truth of these things start to seem less important to you because you're now kind of living the high life. You're getting that celebrity treatment.
1: And people, there's two scientists in this movie and they that people mostly just listen to Leonardo DiCaprio because they're calling him the the hot astronomer.
0: Yeah. There's also the idea of these real problems that are facing humanity, society at large, etc., versus escapism, that there's always something on a screen now, 24-7. And how many screens do Mm -hmm. you have? I'm sitting here right now. I'm looking at you on a screen. I've got my phone next to me. There's another computer Mm -hmm. to my left and a TV further to my left. I'm surrounded by four screens constantly. There's shit on all of them always. But it begs the question, do we even have the capacity to face any of these challenges in society, be they climate change, systemic racism, anything that's going on, when we can so easily lose ourselves in things like baseball, football, this movie that we watched on Netflix, even The Bachelor?
1: I think we examined this question a lot in the past year when you have the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement during a time in which sports were paused due to COVID, TV shows Mm. were paused due to COVID. So people had a lot more focus on what was going on.
0: Yeah. But I think it's also like, I mean, I'm older than you, as you know. I'm what they call Generation X. What? Oh, yes. I grew up, my generation really was the last one to grow up before the internet. So all of my teenage years were before the internet. And mm. even some of my childhood years were before things like the VCR. The phone? No, we had phones always. <laughs> Not cell phones, though. But, um, you know, when I was a little, little kid... You couldn't just Mm -hmm. fucking watch a movie on your TV screen. You had to go to a movie theater and then HBO came out and it was like movies in your home, but it was only whatever they were playing. You couldn't like queue up what you wanted to watch. But now we live in this era where it's just, it's all media all the time. You can watch anything you want, whenever you want, full seasons of TV shows. You don't have to wait the next week for it to come out. And I think everybody is constantly watching hours and hours and hours of shit on their screens. So you have this ability to divert yourself immediately and always, if you want.
1: I mean, I find it to be one of the hardest parts of me in my yoga practice is that I have to like give up my phone in order to go to the mat. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I'll bring the phone. Uh, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I've done it. We talk all the time about being complicit by watching The Bachelor But that has, up to this point, applied to the implicit support we give to the show that has had racist, homophobic, misogynistic, ableist practices. But it also applies to this broader idea of us being complicit in media culture that is now so ubiquitous that it might possibly be dangerous to humanity as a whole.
0: Yes. I mean, we are at that point. There are these giant looming problems that we're just seemingly ignoring because we can at all times. But the people behind Don't Look Up are at least trying to turn their movie into the beginning of a conversation about climate change. And they launched this website, don'tlookup.count-us-in.com. And it has resources for anybody interested, you know, getting into climate change, talking to people about climate change, all that kind of stuff, you can go there and check it out. And I thought that at least was an interesting thing. Yes, they made this Mm -hmm. big Netflix movie that everybody's watching, but there's at least an attempt. I don't know if this website is going to do shit for climate change, probably not, but they're at least trying.
1: I also think the idea that only listening to Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio would we actually start to take action. I think that that idea, if that were to happen would be so funny and it would be something that would take place in the world of this movie.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I I start to think about, like, will we ever see The Bachelor do something like this? We see them put up title cards with hotline numbers and stuff when certain PTCs are played, but that's really about all they do in service of breaking through that, like, this is complete diversion. That's it. Mm -hmm. They don't ever, like, really talk about bigger things. It's PTCs and how they relate to certain players personally, then we get the title card in some cases if it's about mental health or whatever it may be. But do you think that like climate change specifically would ever be discussed in our beloved game? Or is it the role of sports to divert our attention from this shit? Like, How bad does climate change have to get before we can't divert anymore. Before we we watch these shows and are just like, uh, the mansion
1: almost burned down in a in a forest fire. Yeah, I don't know. I, to my knowledge, climate has never been discussed on The Bachelor. You know, there's definitely a divided audience, and climate has been climate change has been politicized. I would love for them to discuss it.
0: Like, what if they had a player that was a climate scientist? You think that's ever going to mm. happen? I rest my case. Anyways.
1: Experimental strategy. <laughs> we, just,
0: we both watched this movie this week. We both really liked it. And we thought that it was... It brought up a lot of interesting questions in terms of what role yeah. mass media, entertainment media, sports play in our lives as a diversion from you know, as the, as the movie puts it, it's like a meteor hurling toward Earth. So it's a much more immediate and pressing problem than climate change seems to us because it's, it's a gradual thing, even though every year there are more fires, sea levels rising. There's like obvious effects. The hurricanes get worse. Obvious effects of climate mm-hmm. change happening. But still, we have some ability to ignore them. And I think that it's like as long as there's Baby Yoda on your TV screen and another Marvel movie's coming out and another Fast and Furious and there's you know, whatever. For us, it's Bachelor, obviously. It does become easier to just kind of like, eh, whatever.
1: Well, I definitely feel like the governmental response to COVID is exactly what we're going to see for the coming climate, well, the already ongoing climate disasters. It's like, I don't have a lot of hope for it. And, And this is not to say that entertainment is not important. I do think, you know... People are really struggling right now and having diversions is helpful. It's not like it's not good for your mental health to just think about climate change 24-7. I agree. <laughs> I really like this tweet by a, a TV writer that I admire, Wendy Molyneux. She said, Wondering what the world wars would have been like if 50% of people were like, the wars are fake. It's all a scam. Subscribe to my YouTube channel where I break it down for you. Yeah. I lulled.
0: And we're in that era too, where the the people you're watching through the screens, you just pick one and kind of ride with them. And it's like, whatever they say is my reality. That's also a very strange time. Like that was definitely not around when I was a kid. There was like news and stuff for sure. But there wasn't YouTube. It wasn't like anybody.
1: You feel like there was one reality?
0: It was closer to one reality for sure. And the Mm. division between like the left and the right in America was not the Stark. At all. There was nothing like QAnon. Like, people who believed in conspiracy theories, that was relegated to, like, weird AM talk shows and stuff that you found very funny. And most people found them very funny. Yeah. And that was it. And then I guess it was really probably the rise of Alex Jones that made that shit super mainstream and the conspiracy theories, at least for a large enough percentage of the population, started to become very real. My parents, for example.
1: I mean, the yeah, the anti vax movement has been around for a while, but it only really got legs recently.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Something really boosted it up. But anyway, that is our state of the world. We thought it was just an interesting thing to talk about, you know, media's role in kind of diverting us from more important matters. And will things like climate change ever come into The Bachelor? That was a question that I really was like pondering, like maybe like how bad would it have to get for them to address it in some way?
1: I could see like a climate related PTC. Mm-hmm. Like someone maybe from another country comes in and says, I'm a climate refugee because of the floods or the whatever's did this yeah. to my home city.
0: That is possible. We'll, we'll be keeping an eye out for that to see our first climate reference in our beloved game. But we hope yeah. you enjoyed this state of the world.
1: Now on to more important things.
0: Yeah, now we're going to move on to talking about <laughs> ratings and Instagram followers of Players in Our Beloved Game. That's why, like, you, <laughs> you talk about this shit, and then you're just like, but whatever. Let's get back into it. Let's dive right back into the pit. Yeah. We popped our heads out for a second. Now we're going right back into the fucking deep, dark waters.
1: Yeah, burrowing.
0: <laughs> this is...
1: This week in...
0: games, Last week's Night 1 turned in the lowest-rated Night 1 for a Bachelor in history, and the first week of regular season play of Bachelor Season 26 slipped even further into the ratings abyss, pulling in a .73 in the 18-49 to year-old demographic, with 3.1 million total viewers. The good news, though, is that Eckerd did manage to win his night and time slot in the demo although he was beat by both CBS and Fox in total viewers.
1: We constantly talk about the ratings for all network TV shows dwindling and that we're in the final few years of network TV as a viable audience-building platform, but with a return to the mansion, international travel, and generally a more traditional approach to the production of the season of our beloved game, we were hopeful to see the ratings increase from recent seasons, That is turning out to not be the case at all, and it leaves us wondering if these might be the final days of The Bachelor on network television. When will we see the first new season of our beloved game airing exclusively on HBO Max?
0: I personally think it's a matter of three to five years. I just, if these ratings continue like this, it's not gonna Mm -hmm. be tenable. Like the show will cost too much money and it's not making them enough money. So then I think it will go pure streaming. Uh, The show still is an ad earner for ABC. But uh, I don't know how long that's going to work out. Ultimately, all network television is going to reduce down to probably live sports and news, maybe award shows, but people aren't even watching those anymore. Those ratings are in the toilet, like across the board. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We're living through an interesting time because network TV has been around for my entire life, for your entire life, for everyone listening's entire life, probably. Maybe there's some people who predate it, but like, I doubt that.
1: Hmm. Shout out to the Predators. Yeah. Now let's move on to our crown gains this week. Clayton Eckert has gained 12,000 Instagram followers this week, bringing him to 154,000 total. He gained 1.9K Twitter followers this week, bringing him to 5.8K total. Good job, Clayton. Now let's move on to the top five games chart for the players of Bachelor season 26 since January 6th. 2022. (laughs) The gold medal in gains once again goes to the 28-year-old jujitsu enthusiast slash pageant queen slash wedding videographer from Virginia Beach, Susie Evans. She gained 14.9K followers, bringing her to 39.7K total for her. I love Cleveland, extracting a love level one from Eckerd, her parental PTC, her tier play, her loaded Love level two and securing that one on one rose.
0: The silver medal in gains once again goes to the 24 year old surgical unit nurse from Highland, California, Teddy Wright. She gained 9.5 thousand followers, bringing her to 23.3 K total for her shy style chemistry play at the group date after party.
1: The bronze medal in gains once again goes to the 25 year old flight instructor from Claremont, Florida. Rachel Recchia. She gained 5.6K followers, bringing her to 17K total for extracting a love level one from Eckerd.
0: Fourth place goes to the 32-year-old real estate advisor from Highlands Ranch, Colorado, Elizabeth Corrigan. She gained 5.1K followers, bringing her to 7.7K total for being the first responder. Her rivalry with Shanene Inkney, her chemistry play, and loading that she can freestyle rap. Something we are hoping to actually see.
1: And fifth place in gains goes to the 26-year-old bartender from the LA Icons, Genevieve Parisi. She gained 3,000 followers, bringing her to 53.6k total for her STCO. And now for the top five overall charts as of today, January 13th, 2022.
0: The bartender from the LA Icons, Genevieve Parisi. Maintains the lead at 53.6K.
1: The 28-year-old wedding videographer from Virginia Beach, Susie Evans, has jumped to second place at 39.7K.
0: In third, the LA icon, Cougar social media director, and night one girl, Jane Pike, has 34.2K.
1: The LA icon Malina Nasab, the 27-year-old Kanga Jumping Personal Trainer, comes in fourth place at 30.4K.
0: And rounding out the top five is Surgical Unit Nurse, 24-year-old Teddy Wright at 23.3K. So we're looking at a range from low 20s to low 50s here. Do you think anybody's going to crack a million out of this season like we saw in season 24? No. Okay.
1: Maybe Susie, if she becomes the next Bachelorette.
0: Right. I could see that happening as well. What do you think? Upon announcement. I don't know. I'm very confused by this season, I will say. The ratings are bad. And if Mm -hmm. that's any indication, like Michelle Young's ratings were bad, her Instagram gains were bad. It does seem to correlate to some degree. So I just don't know if they have a chance at this. Um, I'm also curious to know, like what are their TikToks doing? Yeah. Because I don't, you know, Madison Pruitt has, I believe, 2 million TikTok followers now. Should we do that? Yeah, we're going to have to, at some point, start talking about TikTok. It is becoming the more meaningful social media platform.
1: And that's it for the gains this week. Moving on to our next section where we discuss all of the important things that are happening in the nation. Clues, underwear drawers, And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now.
0: Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com roses that's meundies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping me undies comfort from the outside in support for today's episode comes from one skin if you have sensitive skin you're going to want to hear about one skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval.
1: You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And OneSkin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company, By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Even better, gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you.
0: This is... Bachelor Nation News. The first bachelorette of season 16, Claire Crawley is first up in the news today. It has been a little over three months since the hairstylist from Sacramento, California called it quits with her ring winner and parasocial god, Dale Moss. (laughs) And that is plenty of time for Crawley to start eyeing his replacement. On Sunday, January 9th, Crawley posted a video montage of a trip to Indiana to her main grid. The montage featured her and a non-Mossian player from Bachelorette Season 16, Blake Monar. Monar was eliminated in the second week of her season, but has seemingly risen from the ashes for another chance with the Bachelorette. Monar and Crawley were shopping and riding in a car together. They went bowling, and they played with Monar's niece and nephew. Although the two have made no public comment about the status of their relationship, it seems clear to us that Crawley has chosen once again to dip into the player pool of Season 16 to find her next person. Congrats go out to Monar and Crawley on this burgeoning relationship. Crawley currently has 1 million Instagram followers, and Monar will see if he can use her parasocial standing to improve upon his own, which is at (laughs) 30.8K.
1: I love this trend of crowns just going through their roster. I do too. Postseason,
0: Absolutely love it. It's
1: fascinating.
0: (laughs) It basically says... You can go into the show, and yes, you're going to get 30 to 32 players in the player pool, and somebody's going to walk away with a ring or whatever. Somebody's going to make up for the season. But if that doesn't work out, you got all their fucking DMs. You just start hitting them up. You just go back through.
1: Not a problem. It's great. There's more abs out there. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of, male players benefiting from unions with superstar women in our beloved game Good Guy All Eggs Paradise player Dylan Barber and Bachelor Season 23 All-Star Hannah Godwin are planning their wedding for 2023. The couple who met on BIP Season 6 have been engaged for over two years and had to postpone their original wedding plans due to the COVID-19 global pandemic. Godwin has revealed that she wants to keep the event small and not televised, and that it might possibly take place in Europe, depending on the state of travel restrictions next year. Godwin and Barbara are currently two of the biggest parasocial players for the San Diego crew, with 1.5 million and 595K Instagram followers, respectively. We wish them both well in their attempts to enter into a legally binding contract that can only be nullified in death or divorce.
0: Congrats. I really do like seeing Dylan Barber come this far. He was kind of a nobody floater. Floater. And then he wound up all exiting and it fucking worked. God damn it. He's a, a fascinating player. I, at some point, I would yeah. love to do a deep dive into Dylan Barber. At any rate, congratulations to them both. But speaking of Union's ending... Bachelor in Paradise superstars Riley, Christian, and Marissa Gunn might be on the outs. Their recent parasocial play has become fodder for frenetic fourth audience speculation that the Paradise Power Couple might have called off their engagement. Gunn deleted or possibly archived most of her posts that featured Christian, and she also posted a video of her reflection in a mirror, and noticeably, her engagement ring is not on her finger. Although Christian has kept most of his posts up featuring Gunn, On his main grid, he has been posting tweets that seem to insinuate there might be trouble in the relationship. On Thursday, he tweeted, Try not to be stagnant when facing obstacles that are beyond your control. Just do what you can. That way, when things finally do fall in place, you'll be able to hit the ground running. He also, quote, tweeted a post that read, If it compromises your mental health or happiness, don't be afraid to walk away. Christian and Gunn made history on BIP Season 7 as the fastest use of the boom boom room of all time. We hope that their behavior on social media doesn't mean the end of this fan-favorite couple, but whatever may occur, we wish them both well. Christian and Gunn are both currently on the New York City influence and have 282K and 315K Instagram followers, respectively.
1: Next up in Bachelor Nation news, rookie member of the LA Icons and episode two villain Cassidy Timbrooks seems to have spoiled at least a part of her season for the fourth audience. In a fiery Instagram story video, Tim Brooks exposed The Bachelor's double standard in his willingness to attempt to keep Sally Carson on the show, even though she was planning to be married to another man on the same date night one took place, but his dismissal of Tim Brooks in what we can only assume is an episode to come in the near future. The last time we saw Tim Brooks in the document, she was very much still in the game, and this admission that Eckerd eliminates her is technically a spoiler, although it seems clear this is going to be the outcome of Sierra Jackson's tattle at the week one cocktail party. Tim Brooks seems to be embracing the role of villain in a way we have not seen in some years, with an endless supply of videos and comments on her Instagram to bolster the idea that she knew what she was doing and she was treated unfairly. Time will tell what Tim Brooks's legacy will include. A hot seat at the Women Tell All? A deep run on Paradise Season 8? We can't be sure. But whatever you think of Tim Brooks, her brazen, rough-around-the-edges villainy is certainly entertaining in an era of highly polished professional players.
0: And finally, in Bachelor Nation news, this next item does involve some discussion of sexual assault, so we must issue a trigger warning. Please fast forward five minutes or so from this point if you need to. It's never easy to report on matters like these when they appear in our beloved game. But Bachelor at season 18 runner-up, Joe Coleman, is in the news today as he is being accused by a former college friend of allegedly engaging in sexual assault while he attended the University of Minnesota as a high-profile basketball player. An anonymous person posted to a thread on Reddit explaining that she attended the University of Minnesota with Coleman in 2012 and 2013, where she attended several basketball parties at one of which she claims Coleman sexually assaulted her. The full post is currently on Reddit, and the story seems to be gaining traction across several Bachelor coverage outlets. And that is the final piece of Bachelor Nation news this week. Now we're going to move on to the plays that some of these players are making off the field. This is... The
1: parasocial play, 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 play of the week. Season 26 rookies have stepped up their parasocial game this week. Tier player and keeper of her ex's ashes, Jill Chin, posted a TikTok poking fun at her own fool edit and bio. It has 59.5K views and 2.8K likes.
0: Elizabeth Corrigan made a TikTok about what to do after someone shares their mental illness with you, a.k.a. what Shanae Ankney did, or should have done, I should say. One, acknowledge what they've shared. Two, thank them for their vulnerability. Three, understand that you do not understand. Four, never, all caps, weaponize it. Five, be a good person. The video has 2.6K views.
1: Elizabeth Corrigan also teamed up with Hannah Brown, Caitlin Bristow, and the company man, Slinger of Sauce, GSJ, to raise $10,000 for NAMI after this week's episode with Shanae downplaying ADHD. They were at $2,900 raised when we checked uh, this morning. She posted a short video of her walking to the rose ceremony with the caption in this life. We don't do anything alone and are always stronger together. Navigating the last 24 hours has been a whirlwind and I am left speechless at the incredible outpouring of support from bachelor nation, including Caitlin Bristow, Hannah Brown, and GSJ three rose emoji. It's important to me to utilize this situation to help others who may not be as lucky to have the support that I do. Do you have my back? Will you help me reach my goal of donating 10K to the National Alliance on Mental Illness? Neurodivergence is a superpower. Wand emoji, brain emoji, heart emoji. Let's do this. Hashtag ADHD, hashtag mental health, hashtag better together. The video has 58.2K views and 1.8K likes.
0: Sarah Hamrick, the first group date rose winner, or I should say second group date rose winner, (laughs) but I think it looks like the first group date rose winner might- First
1: to- Per group date, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she took to the parasocial world this week as well. She joked about winning the group date challenge over an actual Olympian in an IG reel with footage from the obstacle course group date and her botched one-legged hooju. That video has 22,000 views.
1: Kate Gallivan snapped a pic with her boss, Jason Oppenheim, at the Oppenheim Group office that is very well known for selling Sunset fans, which she posted on Instagram with the caption, Clocking in from the couch. This image has 1.9K likes, including me, case.
0: And you know that Ultimate Viking got into the game. Clayton Eckard prepared for another week of public scrutiny by posting a GIF on Twitter of himself with the caption, <laughs> game planning, how to be not dull this upcoming week, hashtag The Bachelor. And I guess that's a Clayton Eckert emoji. The tweet has 1.1k likes.
1: Our new Dark Lord and host, Jesse Palmer, posted a major throwback of himself on the cover of TV Guide magazine when he was The Bachelor that says, The New Bachelor he's rich, he's handsome. Why can't he get his own date? And Palmer captioned it, why couldn't I get my own date? Laughing emoji, tell me why below, wrong answers only. This Instagram main grid post has 4K likes. I thought this was a meme you made.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. It's such a beautiful post because this TV guide is from when he was The Bachelor. We're talking circa, I believe, 2004? 2005, maybe it's a bygone era for sure. And it looks like that. It's just crazy (laughs) to even see, like, what that TV guide even existed still then. Like, I guess it does still exist, but like, nobody's buying the magazine TV guide to be like, oh, what's on TV today? But then they were
1: 2004.
0: 2004. He looks like he's from 2004. There's two players on the cover with him. It's just, if you haven't seen this, you have to go to his grid and look at it. It is a treasure. A true, true (laughs) treasure. Thank you, Dark Lord Palmer, for posting this and taking us on a little walk down memory lane.
1: And there's two players in the image with him, including Trish Schneider, the star of the season, who was an amazing villain.
0: One of the greatest villains of all time. She also won the FIMP.
1: First FIMP ever. She also performed the first resurrection when she crashed Mandy J. Jeffrey's fantasy suite date.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I don't know who the other woman is.
0: That might have been his ring winner. I'm not sure either, but... All of these were fantastic plays, but as we know, when it comes to winners, there can be only one.
2: There can be only one.
0: The parasocial Play of the Week goes to the dark seeker, Grace Ann Parks. She blew every player out of the water this week with a viral TikTok on the Game of Roses TikTok account in which she superimposed her face and reactions over Cassidy Timbrook's bizarre and now deleted Instagram story in which she mentions sex with her friends with benefits, says, go fuck yourself, Clayton Eckerd, and accidentally spoils that she was sent home. The Dark Seekers (laughs) TikTok currently has 644,000 views and 56.9K likes. Good job, Dark Seeker.
1: I'm so proud of Grayson. Unreal. This was an amazing parasocial play. Incredible.
0: Absolutely. And that number is still climbing. Will this be the first 1 million view TikTok video that the Game of Roses account gets? I hope so. Me too.
1: Time will tell.
0: Time will tell. But that rounds out all of the human plays made in the parasocial arena this week. We have a couple of non-human plays to mention as well thomas jacobs snapped a pic of becca kufrin's pup minnow with a bottle of hennessy which is you have to see this fucking picture if you've not seen it you got minnow just looking kind of like casually like fuck you it's a a very aggressive parasocial gaze that is like why are you taking this picture of me and thomas jacobs has put a bottle of hennessy in Minnow's hand, basically. So it looks like Minnow might be drunk or is at the very least standoffish about sharing the Hennessy with anyone else.
1: Kendall Long's pup, Pistachio, underwent emergency surgery for his back legs. Thankfully, it looks like he's on the mend and we wish Pistachio a speedy recovery.
0: Deanie Babies and Kayla Miller Keys adopted another rescue pup named Alistair Moody. You got to go to their Instagram and check that out. But the winner of this week's parasocial Creature of the Week is... We actually don't know. I don't know if this was ramen or Pinot, Caitlin <laughs> Bristow's two dogs, but one of these pups delivered a stunning still image to the main grid of the ramen paired with Pinot Instagram account this week. So this is not even on Caitlin Bristow or Jason Tardick's account. It's on the dog's Instagram account. The mm-hmm. shot features the pup serving a perfect parasocial gaze right into the lens with some snow on their nose. And they're experiencing one of the first <laughs> snowfalls in their hometown of Nashville, this canine member of the Nashville Sliders got a friendly comment from Dad Jason Tardic, and the post raked in over 9k likes. Congrats to both of the Bristow Tardic beasts! Again, we don't know which one this actually is. On their continued parasocial success and on winning our parasocial creature of the week, their joint account, by the way, currently has 208 thousand followers.
1: Wow! I
0: agree. But that rounds out all the parasocial play this week, and now it's time for us to descend deep into the darkest waters of the pit, where we will issue forth our screams about how our fandom of this show has taken over our lives, and what are the strange things that happen to us as a result of literally swimming in this dirty pit water all the time, 24-7. It never ends. This is scream from from the Pit! pit.
1: My scream this week is, you know, as I'm swimming in these pit waters, something I was doing during one of my little doggy paddles is that I went back and I watched the footage of Villain Edit recipient Cassidy Timbrooks's supposedly dropping the birthday cake on the Child Army group date this week. And you can tell when you look at this part of the document that actually a member of the Child Army attacked the cake. It was not a play by Cassie Timbrooks. And I realized when I went back and watched this over and over again that I recognized this child. It was the adorable child actor, Eli Michael Kaplan. He starred in an independent pilot that my friends made called We're Not Together. He currently has 1.3K Instagram followers. And it is hilarious to me that people think that the children featured on The Bachelor are not actors. Kaplan is a talent, a -a once-in-a-generation talent, and I can't believe... He was part of this pivotal moment in Tim Brooks' villain edit. He was sent in as this nuclear missile because he's the best in the biz.
0: Wow. Okay. You got a couple of pieces here that we need to get into, if we may. Uh huh.
1: <laughs> First. Yes.
0: And I watched this clip a million fucking times too. It mm-hmm. is beyond question. That kid hits the cake out of her hand 100%. Mm-hmm. So now we have to go to the next part of that conversation, obviously. Why did he do that? Mm -hmm. Is this kid just a pure asshole kid who's like, fuck this birthday. I'm going to hit this cake on the ground. No, I don't believe so.
1: No, he's a professional.
0: Yes. He was told to do this by the producers to Mm. ultimately make Cassidy look worse, to try and get some drama going around it. So this kid basically is pulling a GSJ type move here where the producers say, we need this to happen. You're going to be the hatchet man. They used this kid to do that.
1: Mm hmm. And it created a rivalry with Parisi. Right. A la Champagne Gate, when a natural rivalry might not have existed.
0: Is there any way in your mind that Cassidy Timbrooks swats the child away and says, hey, what are you trying to do? And saves the cake? They just wouldn't have aired that footage, obviously.
1: Do I believe she would have tried to save it?
0: No, I'm saying if that would have happened, does that change anything? You know what I mean? Oh, that kid does a chop. He almost does like a karate chop on her hand to drop that fucking cake.
1: Tim Brooks did many other activities during this group <laughs> date to uh, yeah. fuel the fire in multiple rivalries and her villain edit. I don't believe it would have really changed the overall arc of the storyline. Okay. But
0: so, And then the second part of this is,
1: you oh, know yeah. this fucking kid? Well, I've never met him, but my best friends made a pilot with him and had nothing but good things to say about him. But like how many child actors would I recognize? Like two.
0: Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. The, yeah, as we are here in the darkness in the bottom of the pit, I believe I'm just going to go into like a little bit about quantum science here. There are new things that are being discovered in quantum science that essentially uh, are revealing that all things are related. That even like human observation Mm -hmm. can affect outcome or reality in some way. And that these sub-subatomic particles might actually be coming from the same sources.
1: Do you think I manifested him?
0: Not that you manifested him, but that you were always destined to somehow be linked to him and make this (laughs) recognition of him as the cake chopper. The
1: cake chopper. (laughs) Yeah. I like that.
0: (laughs) I'm just saying. And I don't even think this is like that pit-like. I mean, maybe it is, fuck. Maybe I'm like so deep in the pit I can't even see the darkness anymore. But I do think that we are so involved in The Bachelor at this point. Maybe it's just we're we're more prone to recognize these things, but I think uh-huh. it's more like we're starting to warp reality around the pit. So that yeah. things like this are happening where it's like, oh, that kid was in my friend's pilot. Oh, I own weights from fucking Blake Ellerby. I
1: can't believe I gave my I can't believe I gave my bystander award to Z-Way. I should have given it to Cake Chopper. I regret it.
0: But is he a bystander? Uh, He's a hired actor. Yes. I guess they all are. Yeah, you're right. Cake Chopper should have gotten it.
1: Jorge Moreno was hired.
0: You're right. You're absolutely right.
1: The original.
0: Maybe you can do a year end to the Cake Chopper. We'll see. I love the Scream. I think it reveals a lot about our game. The fact that they... (laughs) sent this guy in to chop the cake is crazy to me. I mean, I, I knew it yeah. was the case when we saw it the first time, but now I've seen that footage too, again and again on that little loop. Mm-hmm. And you just watch that hand come in and like, this, it's clearly what he's been told to do. Yeah. And so that's the, the degree to which the producers will go to try and fuel a rivalry to make someone look bad, whatever. They will send in a fucking child to do their dirty work.
1: Look, maybe he's just like, maybe he knew it was his moment and he's a master of improv.
0: No, I think some producer was like, hey, you look like the most mischievous kid. You want to go in there and uh, chop that cake? He's like, I fucking, I was born to chop cakes. Send me in. Put me in. I'll fucking (laughs) chop the shit out of that cake. And indeed he did. Love this scream. Thank you for submitting it to our glorious Mm. pit. God damn, that's crazy. Anyway. Yeah. So here's my scream. All right. I'm working on another podcast that is going to be coming out heard of it. probably within a month or so, I would guess, the first episode.
1: What's it called?
0: I can't say yet. It's all a big secret. But I can tell you this. This podcast is not about The Bachelor. It is going to be a straight, <gasps> straight comedy podcast that I'm doing with another friend of mine. And I have been looking very... We've been developing it and talking about it. And it, like it's going to be, I think, very cool. And um, I've been looking very forward to having a podcast... Where I don't have to talk about The Bachelor. Uh-huh. Because I, I love The Bachelor and I love podcasting, but I feel like this show is like obviously a hundred percent bachelor all the time. And I'm like, what would it be like to do a podcast where I don't talk about The Bachelor and I just get to do funny shit, make weird music, whatever. So mm-hmm. my friend and I are sitting down and we're kind of breaking out what that first episode is gonna look like. What are the things we'll the conversations and the little things we're gonna do? And one of the fucking things is. I'm going to talk about The Bachelor.
1: In the first episode?
0: First episode. I cannot oh escape gosh. it. I cannot escape <laughs> it. And even in the context of what we're trying to do in that show, it's like, no, it does make sense. It does work in this you know, this format that we're doing or whatever. So I'm like, yeah, I really want to do a show that's not about The Bachelor. And then first fucking thing, what if we had you talking about The Bachelor? And I'm just like, I guess, fuck it. Here we go. I, it's, I'll never not be able to. For the rest of my no. fucking life. That's what I'm now starting to understand. This thing has become such a fucking part of me that yeah. I will be doing this until I die.
1: I knew it was coming because obviously it's your scream, so it has to do with the bachelor, but
0: yeah,
1: I still was surprised and I'm sorry. Clues.
0: No, it's gonna be good. It's even how we did the bachelor into it, it's gonna work out very well. Hopefully, you know, people will enjoy it. But it won't
1: all be about The Bachelor. You'll have to let us know when people can check out your other pit. Oh, of course. And hear more about The Bachelor. (laughs) 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 Your other Bachelor podcast.
0: (laughs) Exactly. That one just slowly becomes a second full hour-long Bachelor podcast every fucking week. I'm now doing two hour-long Bachelor podcasts. On my other Bachelor podcast, I said this. And on this Bachelor podcast, I said this. So when you think about that and you think about this... Hopefully, that will not be the case. But uh, anyway, that's my scream. That's your scream. And now, we are going to play a scream from someone else. As you all know, if you go to patreon.com slash game of roses and you join us in the bottom of the pit, you get access to all of our other podcasts that we do every other Friday. A lot of those are Digging Deepers, where we talk about uh, various clips and stuff from other Bachelor podcasts, and I can... Already guarantee you, (laughs) you don't want to miss next Mondays.
1: Yeah, we already have a clip for it that is so fucking crazy.
0: It's unbelievable. This is not the next Monday coming up. It's the following Monday. It'll be a week from this coming Monday. But oh, my God. Oh, fuck. I can't wait to do that one. I can't wait. Anyway, yeah. if you go to our Patreon, you sign up, you get access to all those episodes. You get access to... All of our uh, live shows that we do half an hour before the game airs, you get access to all kinds of stuff in there.
1: And by the way, a Patreon is like a subscription platform that a lot of artists use for their ancillary content. And if you sign up, you can take the link and you can apply it into your podcast uh, wherever you're listening to your podcast and it'll just update into your feed. You don't have to like be on the Patreon
0: app. Correct. You just take the RSS feed from the Patreon. But one of the other things that you get, if you sign up with us on Patreon is you get access to our discord, which is a huge community of people down here in the pit with us talking about all things bachelor, all things alien, all things squirrel, all things Pokemon go. And (laughs) on that discord, you can submit your own screams. They have to be a minute or less. And we have one today that is submitted by Human Bean. So thank you, Human, for submitting this scream. We are going to play that for you now.
2: Oh boy, do I have a scream today. So I'm a nanny. I take care of an eight-year-old. So I'm at work today doing an art project with her. And dad walks in and he's like, oh, isn't tonight bachelor night? I'm like, yeah, it is. He's just asking me all these questions about the bachelor and... If someone is asking me curiously about The Bachelor, I'm going for it. So I start talking to him about like all the audiences and about like Instagram and about how even if you love the person, you have to know how to play the game, just going on and on. He's like legitimately interested in talking to me about it. So the seven-year-old sitting there listening and her ears just perk right up. She's like, when I get older, I want to watch The Bachelor. And dad's like, well... It's on tonight. We could just turn it on. <laughs> and she's like, really? And mom's out of town. So dad's just doing his thing. He's like, yeah, we might as well. She stands up and she starts jumping up and down. Yay, 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 yay. So excited to watch The Bachelor Night. So I have dragged an eight-year-old into the pit. And I have
1: nobody to blame but myself.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: This made me laugh. So hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's very dark. It's very dark.
1: This is why mom should never go out of town. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's what we <laughs> learned here. Mom, never go out of town. You have to be watching your children at all times so they don't get drugged into the pit. Mm-hmm. Anytime you hear about a child being pushed into the pit, it's, uh, you know, I have mixed feelings about it, but... In the end, all I can say is thank you, human being, not only for your scream, but for the effect of it dragging someone else into the pit. It's fantastic. This is early indoctrination. This is how all sports Mm -hmm. work. This is a dad taking his eight-year-old son to a baseball game for the first time or an NFL game or whatever and getting them excited about it. It's exactly the same way that our beloved game works. You have to indoctrinate the next generations. They will then prop up the game on their shoulders once we are too old and feeble to do so.
1: You know, I think it's actually a positive. You know, you gave something for this child and father to bond over, you know, their secret thing. I remember my, one of the first adult TV shows I watched was Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but it was too scary for my brother. So he and my Hmm. father would watch Gilmore Girls at that time. And that was something they bonded over.
0: It's a nice story about the Pace family. (laughs) Wholesome. I
1: come from a wholesome place.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. But thank you very much, human being, for this scream issued through our Discord. I I love hearing stuff like this because it gives me hope that our beloved game will last for another generation or two.
1: It reminds me of the babies in Bachelor onesies that say future Bachelor on them during the live viewing parties.
0: Wasn't there one that said future Mrs. Higgins? Probably. A baby was wearing that anyways thank you everyone for joining us today those are all of our screams and that was all the news and that was all the Paris plays all the gains
1: did that baby marry him
0: yeah the baby's now married to him it worked the t-shirt worked it was just no no that baby's probably like what 12 or 13 when was Ben benhagen's season when was season 20 six seven years ago that, that baby's a child still i don't think they're married hmm. anyways thank you again for joining us for everything for this week in bachelor nation we hope you enjoyed yourself as much as we did and we, again, hope you join us on Patreon because I'm telling you, this next Digging Deeper that's coming out, not this coming Monday, but the following, ooh! ooh, ooh. it's going to have some stuff in it. So we hope you'll join us for that. But before we go, as always, what is that Dwa bat?
1: It has been 7,235 days without an Asian bachelor.
0: Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin and that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in.
1: Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended Even better, gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you.
2: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.